Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. And I'm so excited for tonight. Golly, I'm so excited. Man, um, if you've got your Bibles, let me get back to where I'm going. What, what am I even thinking, dude? Every time I get up here, if you haven't met your neighbor yet, say what's good to him. What am I even thinking? Like, man, like we're over here trying to praise Jesus. We don't know who we're sitting next to. Well, welcome to Pursuit. Is, if this is your first time, just to give you a very clear definition of what we are, who we are, we're just a Jesus ministry. We're, 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 we're Jesus. We're 100% Jesus. And, and it, this place is better because you're here. Even if this is your first time, if you've never been to church before, if you're a new believer, if you've kind of walked away from church for a little bit, or you're, man, you're, you're grinding, man. You're a Christian, man. This place is better because you're here. And I truly believe that you're supposed to be here tonight. You might, there might have been a lot of things in your life that you felt like, man, I could have been doing homework. Like, Chase has got a test tomorrow, so y'all be praying for me as I'm up here giving this message. You might get a little bit of marketing research just spit at you, like, like give me a definition. I, like, we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. I'll be like, word, give me one. So we, we might be studying as we go along, but I, I know it takes time out of your night to come here, and, and, and I know that I see that. I know that everyone else sees that, but more importantly, God sees that. So I believe that you're actually supposed to be here tonight, that you didn't just wander in here and God didn't have a plan for you. You're supposed to be here tonight. And that means that no matter what you did this summer, no matter what you did last week, no matter what you did last night, you're supposed to be here. So we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. And I'm going to go on in a minute, and I'm going to confess it to you guys. This has got some really hard words in it that we're just going to have to grind through together. I might kind of like muffle the mic a little bit if, if it's a word I don't know. I've, I've practiced as much as I can for you guys, but there's some in here, man. I don't even know if places are named that anymore. Like, golly, this, this is tough. I know what a substitute teacher feels like now, trying to like call out some of those names, man. All right, here we go. Get my marker. Cool. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 16. Shoot. It usually helps when the person who's speaking is on the right page. Make sure we're, we're all together. All right, we're all together. Chapter 6, chapter 6. So here it goes. Chapter 9, it's chapter 16. All right, here, let's just... Here, everybody inhale because I can feel it, man. I can feel it. There's a part in the sermon that I, I want to feel it, and it's not right now. All right, so we're just going to all inhale on three. One, two, three. All right, that was just for Chase. Praise God. All right, here we go. Chapter 16, and we're starting at verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia. There it is, right there. And I, I killed it. I killed it. It's Phrygia. And Galatia. I heard somebody correct me, and I'm just going to... Ain't nothing. No, that's Phrygia, 100%. And Galatia. It says, Having been kept by the, Holy, by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. And it says, When they came to the border of My, My, Mycenae, there we go, they tried to enter into Bithynia. Man, I'm killing it. I'm doing good. I'm three for three. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Take Mark, look at that right there. It says, but the, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by my sea and went down to Troas. I might name my first kid Troas because I feel like that's pretty cool. I can get behind Troas. Some of these I'm like, man, that's just, I'm not going to do a substitute teacher that way. Troas. So they go down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia 
standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave from Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Praise God, there's people out there that are, that are following out after Jesus, man. It's so cool to look at what Paul does throughout his whole ministry. So I, this is such a, a cool like, piece of scripture because it's one of those times that we, we actually see that like, like Paul is a follower of Jesus and he wants to go somewhere and we see that it's like the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So, so before we go any further, I want to I pose a question to you and, and I want you to ask your neighbor because it's, it's one you've heard before. Ask your neighbor, say, where do you see yourself in five years? Everybody was kind of shy. Like, like if you've ever applied for anything in college or any kind of class, they've asked you this question. Holy but Jesus, like y'all got a lot that you got to do in five years. Like one or two things would have been cool. <laughs> All right, so, so now that like we, we've, we pretty much covered about 30 years worth of material that you're trying to fit into five years, I, I, I feel like we can kind of feel the stress level like continue to rise because that question right there, I feel like gives me so much stress. Anybody else? Like where do you see yourself in five years? Man, that's some good preaching. We got a lot of hands up. There we go. So... I, I feel like everything you do, somebody wants to ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, like what, do you, what are some practical things you're going to do? How are you going to make this become? Like, like, man, it's just one of those questions that it doesn't matter where you go. It seems like somebody is going to ask you, where are you going to be in the next five years? And, and, and as you just feel the stress level just begin to like just accumulate, and it seems like, man, why does everyone keep asking me this question? It must be important. I want to pose this to you tonight that it's really not that important. You don't need to really know the answer to that question. All right, can we take a deep breath again on three? We're going to exhale. One, two, three. You don't actually have to know the answer to that question to be a Christian, I don't feel like. Like, there's, certain to, there's an extent that, like, man, if Chase has got a test tomorrow like he does, like, if I'm just, like, literally living day by day, then I'm like, man, Jesus might come back. Like, I still need to study for that test. Like, don't, don't get me wrong on this. But when we're talking five years, we're talking this really long period of time, like we need to put in the preparation and the work. But man, when I think sometimes that as Christians, as Christians, man, sometimes we can, we feel like it's like we go to God and we pull out our planner and say like, look, this is what I'm going to do. And I need you to intervene on like March 31st, on this day, this day, this day. This is when I need you to show up, God. And we just kind of put him in this box. And it's like, in the next five years, this is where I want, I, I, I want this to happen, this to happen, this to happen, and God, that's why I need you to show up. What if we were to actually pose this and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to wake up every single day, and I want to see you show up in my life. I'm not going to pull out my planner and put you in a box and say, God, this is where I need you to show up, and this is where I need you to show up. We've been talking about, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about focusing on what matters. Man, I just think about, man, that when, when, when they're in the Bible, it talks about fighting in the good fight, man. I think that when we're talking about focusing on what matters, man, there's lots of Christians that get burned out fighting battles that don't even matter. They don't even matter, man. I'm talking about like fighting the good fight, man. That doesn't come up with just like having simple arguments that really hold no weight. You'll, man, you'll get so tired, but if we really focus on what matters, the question I want to pose to us tonight that I hope we can leave here with is what do you do with Jesus? Last week we talked about why Jesus. Like why Je Wait, There's so much that we can pick from why Jesus. Well, tonight, tonight the question is, once you have Jesus in your heart, what do you do with him? 
It's a pretty good question because I don't want to assume that every one of you have been in church and been discipled and gone to Sunday school and, man, you, you, you did all the right stuff. You went on a far retreat. Like, man, I think that even as Christians, we can take a step back and really look at, like, what have I done with Jesus? What do you, what do, you do with Jesus? Like I said, I think we're quick to sometimes pull out the planner and get our highlighters out and our stickers and our, and our like, we, we got a coloring book to kind of pass a little bit of the time. And, like, we just start, like, we just start going to town on, like, all of our planners are so in-depth, but sometimes I feel like it, when we get so detailed and so planned out that we kind of leave, like, like, just God, like I said, like, kind of in a box. And I don't think that's the way that, that it needs to be. I, maybe before you came to college, I'm going to kind of, like, take a step back. Like, five years ago right now, if you would ask Chase five years ago, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? The answer to that question would be playing soccer at a university and picking up chicks. And the first one obviously didn't happen because I'm up here. And the second one, all you have to do is go look at my Facebook status. And, man, God wrecked that plan a long time ago. That was a joke. You can laugh. Like, I'm cool with it, man. God's healed me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's good. I think, like, let's, let's ask ourselves that question, man. When we're thinking about, like, hey, five years ago, man, we're, it's like, like five years ago, what, what, what were we saying? Like, this is what the plan was going to look like right now. Man, Chase never saw himself up here doing what I absolutely love doing. I didn't even know this was a thing. Like I said, we can't put God in a box and plan out each and every step because I really feel like we, need, we might need to throw the planner away so that we can let God intervene in our, in our lives sometimes. God, man, like it, it just it becomes something that will consume our lives if we get so detailed that God can't intervene. Maybe the reason that we get so confused with what to do with Jesus Maybe the reason we get so confused with what to do with him is because our lives aren't fully committed to him. And this is good. This is good. So you might be confused of like, look, I've got like Chase's plan over here and like God's plan is over here. But like sometimes on the same day, they kind of like they kind of interlock and then some days they just don't go together at all. And we're living in this life where we're just kind of like, man, I'm confused. Like, where is God? Like, I need him to show up. It was on my planner that he was supposed to show up. And we're so confused, but maybe we're confused because we haven't fully committed our lives to Him. Man, like, I think that's really good, man. If we were to fully commit our lives to Him, then we wouldn't have Chase's planner and God's planner. No, they would be perfectly in sync. Perfectly in sync. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. The confusion could be that we're trying to live something out that we do not fully possess. Man, this is good. I, lots, of, lots of Christians, man, they get burned out. They get so burned out because they're just giving so much love. They're giving it out, giving it out, giving it out, but they're not ever having anyone pour into their lives. So, man, we're trying to go around giving people the right answer. We're trying to tell them about Jesus, but I've been trying to do that so hard. I know it's the right thing I'm supposed to be doing, but when it comes down to it, man, I'm burned out. I don't have any more Jesus to give because I'm not letting him flow into my life. You cannot give something that you not possess. I can't give you $5 because I'm broke as a joke, man. That's how that goes. If I don't have something, then I cannot give it away. This is just a side note. I don't even have this in the notes. I feel like friends are something that is so important in our lives. I feel like friends are one of those things that, man, you could almost like look at our friends and then like kind of look at like what kind of, like what kind of person we are. And man, sometimes I, I hear people all the time say like, man, I've got this one friend that's like kind of struggling with something. I need some help. Like, man, but actually, I'm kind of struggling with something myself. I always tell them, it's like, look, man, if, if you're in a hole and your friend is in a hole, 
then who's pulling who out of what? Like, man, if we're both struggling with something, how am I ever going to pull you out of that struggle if I'm struggling with the same thing? Maybe I need to take a step out of that and say, Jesus, I need you to heal me, and then now that I have the answer, I can reach and get that friend. Man, it's hard to leave friends sometimes, man. That's, it's, it's so easy to just get around them, and man, you know that you love them, but if you truly love them and you know that God truly put them in your life, He won't just do it one time. He'll put them back in there the second time. That's a little side note. Tweet that. That's me. Here we go. I think that it's also one of the things is that the call on our life, like I said, the call on our lives as Christians is to fully commit to God. Man, there's lots of times, we talked about last week, all the temporary satisfactions in this world, man, that can get us so off of what Jesus wants us to do. Man, we were, me, me, me and Aaron were actually talking, man, we are talking about how sin starts just something where you just kind of try it out, like maybe it's not even like a sin, you're kind of just in the atmosphere. The next step to that is you're going to try to justify and play off, you know, hey, like it's really not that bad. So not that bad. And then you just continue to get in that situation, get in that situation. All of a sudden you're addicted to it. You're all of a sudden in this situation, this environment where you're addicted to that environment. Man, if we were fully committed to God, we wouldn't ask those questions like we said last week. We wouldn't ask those questions of how close can I get to the line and still be a Christian? We would start saying, what can I take off in my life to look more like Jesus? Because we cannot display something that we do not possess. Cannot display something that we do not possess. I think that when, when we're talking about this anxiety and this, this stress that almost just kind of like goes through the, like the ceiling, when we ask the question, you know, what, where do you see yourself in five years? I think that, man, when we're fully committed to God, and, man, we're reading in our Bible, man, we've got, we've got our relationship with Jesus. I, I ran across this, and it says, in the Bible, it says, do not be anxious about anything. That right there will preach. That, that is a whole sermon. Do not be anxious about anything. I got a testimony, like I said, man, I'm a little anxious, of, but God says, look, don't be anxious about anything. I've got you. So it continues on and it says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be, be known to God. And the peace of God, which suppresses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's saying, look, you don't have to worry anymore about if God's going to show up in your life. If God's actually got you, you don't have to worry about that because we don't have to be anxious about anything. I don't know if that's peaceful for anyone, but I know that I rest in knowing that, man, I don't have to worry knowing if God's going to show up. I know He's going to show up because it says don't be anxious about anything. If we will fully commit our lives to Jesus, then, man, we don't have to be anxious about anything. Here we go. It says, when we're reading this scripture, we see that Paul, that he's, he's traveling around and he's preaching the gospel. And that we see that they try to go into Asia. They try to go into this place. And what we see is that God wouldn't let them. Sometimes I think we need to take a step back and stop worrying about what Chase wants, what we want. Take a step back and say, God, reveal your plan to me. And so that might mean going home for a weekend. Or, man, I'm going to stay up here and like, like, yes, friends, I love you, but I've got to take some time because I just need to step back and understand what God is revealing to me. Take a step back to see what God is revealing to you. And what we see is that they say, all right, man, hey, look, it's a no-go. God says it's a no-go. We're not going. Continues on. And I think it's cool that if they would have gone, like, let's just go out on a limb real quick. Let's just go. Can we go out on a limb real quick? Let's think about this. If, if, they would have gone 
where they wanted to. Let's just think about what might have happened. Like maybe somebody might have got saved. Maybe someone would have been there. But like, I would so much rather be in God's plan, especially when it comes to something like the gospel. I'd much rather be in God's plan than worrying about like what Chase is, like what Chase wants to go. Because sometimes you can have very good intentions, but they're not what God intended. You can have really good intentions and miss what God intended to put in your life. You can miss it, even though your intentions were good. Are we focused on what the, like how good things look, how good they look for Chase? Are we focused on what God wants for our lives? Let's just take another step. Let's just think about this man. Let's think about how big and how holy God is, how all-knowing He is. What if, what if, let's just, let's just what if, what if our God was so big, so all-knowing, that He literally puts you here on Troy University's campus not to get up here and maybe do what I get to do, which I'm blessed to do. I think that He calls each and every one of us. What if He puts you here on Troy's campus literally just to share the gospel with your roommates? That's all. That He literally puts you here because there's people that you actually live with that don't know Jesus. There's lots of times we want to pack up our stuff and go somewhere else and say, God wants me there, i got good intentions, but we miss that, look, God puts you here for a reason. If you're not from Troy, if you're from somewhere else, God puts you where you are for a reason. So we can either, we can see what God wants for us, what His plan, what it, what it, like, it all has in it, or we can take a step back and just say, uh, never mind, I want to go my way. My way. I know lots of you probably plan on going to another university, being in another ministry, being in another group of friends, but God puts you here right now. I think we need to realize that. We need to realize that. I think that that's, that's something that we don't need to go any farther knowing that God puts you here right now. What if God puts you in your sorority or your fraternity? Not just so then you could have a lot of friends and have people comment on your Instagram posts and get a lot of likes. Come on, somebody. Those are the perks. Those are the pros. Come on. What if God puts you in those groups? Not just for all that. What if God puts you in those groups so that you don't just get to know people, that you actually leave a God-sized indention on their hearts? Like, man, when I ran across that one dude that was in my fraternity, man, like, I, I remember that guy. I don't even really remember what he did, but I remember that he was different. I remember that that guy loved Jesus more than he loved the world, and I think that the clubs that we're in, the people that we're around, man, they are dying to see Christians stand up and actually live out what they say they, that, that they actually believe. Because that's where the world gets confused is that they see Christians that are saying one thing but not actually living out the other. So are we going to be Christians who just kind of get together, huddle together, and never break and run the play? What if we would have gone to the game on Saturday and Troy and Boise would have gone out there and they started just huddling together and then nothing ever happened? Oh man, I, I, I saw a lot of people leaving, but man, if all you're going to do is huddle, man, like... Like, what if, what if they were to do that? Man, that's not, that's not what you go to a football game to see, man. You go to a football game to see them not only huddle, but they're going to break and run the play. I think as Christians, it's, it's time. It's really time. What do we do with Jesus? We don't just get in a huddle. We don't just get together and talk about Jesus and then leave and nothing's changed. What if we were to come together? I never want you to leave pursuit. My messages are really simple. I am not a very complicated preacher because I am not that smart. Confession. I don't think that you should be a Christian, come to pursuit, and leave more confused than when you came. 
And if I do that, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, that's, that's on me. <laughs> but I think if we're going to come together and we're going to do this, I think that it's worth living out. If not, this is a really bad hobby. If you're going to take time out of your Thursday to come here for like an hour and 15 minutes and then not actually live it out, man, like, I, I hope you keep coming. I hope that you keep, like, keep doing this. But man, like, there's got to come a day. There's got to come a time where you actually say, Jesus, I want you to fully consume my life. I don't want an area in my life that you're not touching. This is, this is an easy concept that I like to call be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Really simple concept. Like I said, I'm simple. I'm not smart enough to go any more than that. I think that some people literally live their lives constantly waiting for the right opportunity, constantly waiting for a better future. You know this because whenever you were in middle school, you couldn't wait to get to high school. Come on. That means that my hair is no longer blue. I no longer do weird things. I'm out of middle school. I cannot wait to get to high school, man, because then I can drive my car. But then once you got to high school, it was crazy how quick it was that, man, I could not wait to get to college. You know what I'm saying? Once you get in high school, you can't wait to get to college. Once you get to college, you can't wait to get out of here and get a job and get somewhere else you can live. Come on, I know some of y'all are feeling this. This is preaching. You can't wait, you can't wait, you can't wait. Then once you got that job, once you got that place, then man, I can't wait to get married. What if this thing of just can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, it's actually getting in the way of God using us right now. Using us right now. I think that, like I said, man, we've got to break this huddle, but man, I think that God can use each and every one of you tonight. My prayer is that you don't come to pursuit and leave and nothing's changed. I pray that you have an experience with the Holy Spirit, man, and that he changes your life. Like I said, man, we can keep talking about this, but there's got to come a day and there's got to come a time because we can continually just look for, like, man, I can't wait for this time in my life that, man, we're missing what's happening right now. I I pray that's not us. I pray that right now, right here, right now, that we'll make a decision, not just for the next week, not just for the next month, but to follow Jesus for the rest of our lives. If we're fully fully consumed with Jesus, that that will be the prayer. Not just let me get to the next week. Let me just get to the next pursuit. It's, man, you're walking, you're walking with Jesus daily. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. Here we go. I got, what do you do with Jesus? I got three points. Y'all, can, you, can you sit with me for three points? Yeah. Cool. All right, we got three people that can sit with me for three points. Can, y- can, y- can, y- can y'all sit with me for three points? Yeah. Go make it quick. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Man, y'all can come on on. What do you do with Jesus? Number one, you actually have to communicate with him. You actually have to communicate with him. I think so many times, man, we think that God is so far off that we can't even talk to him. But man, what if I were to tell you that this God, no matter how big he is, how holy and just amazing he is, that he wants to have a relationship with you. You've actually got to communicate with him. Because this thing, this Christian thing, it's not just something where you just wake up one day and your relationship with Jesus is just perfect. And it takes work. You've actually got to communicate with him. You've got to take time out of your day, whether that be an hour, two hours, 30 minutes, whatever time you've got, you've got it. This is what I always say. You'll set aside time for what's important to you. So if that friend keeps not hanging out with you, I'm not going to say you're not that important, but you take that as you will. 
If it really means something to you, if you really want to see yourself get closer to Jesus each and every day, this is a challenge not just for people who maybe not know Jesus or gone away from church for a while. This is called us Christians, man. If we really want to get to know Jesus better, we won't be asking questions like, how many verses do I need to read and still be a Christian? Man, it's like, dude, how much of time in my day can I set aside so that I can just be fully into Jesus? We've got to change how we're asking these questions. Man, I want Jesus so much that I'm willing to spend not only an hour, but man, if I got any time, I'm picking up my Bible each and every time that I get just 10 minutes. Whether that's on my phone, whether that's it, man, actually sitting down in the work, man, like we've got to actually set aside time to devote to him. You've actually got to communicate with him. You've got to. You can't possess something that you don't have. You don't have a friend that you don't talk to. Number two, number two, here we go. You have to pinpoint the desires of your heart. This is good, this is good. You have to pinpoint the desires of your heart. So if your desires are good and they're godly, yes, that's, that's amazing, that's great, that's what we need. We need more desiring Jesus. But we're talking about fully, what do we do with Jesus? We fully commit our lives to it. Then, man, we've got to pinpoint not just the sin, We've got to pinpoint the desire. What I mean by that, let's just go on and call sin, sin, man. Like, we've got guys that are struggling with pornography, girls too. And man, we just feel like if we can just get out of that, maybe not have our phone in our hand, and maybe if we can just get away, wait, maybe we just get away, like, that's good. But man, if you just take that out of your life, there's just an empty void just sitting there. So what we've got to do is, man, when we see something that's in our life, like, man, you just, you're really struggling with this, you can't just take it out. You've got to go to the desire and say, man, do I really desire Jesus right here? Or am I still desiring the world? Because like we talked about, there's a void in our heart, man, that it's got to be filled by something. So you can temporarily fill it, or you can fully fill it. Number three, here we go, number three. Last one. You've got to take up your cross daily. Daily, man, daily. This isn't just something that, man, you just make a one-time decision and then all of a sudden you're just good, man. Like, this is actually a Christian walk. It's a, it's a walk. What I mean by that is it's not just a sprint. It's not just like five yards, like I'm going to give it everything I got. Man, this is a walk. This is something that takes time. This is when I'm talking to Jesus as I'm walking with him. There's so many Christians that get discouraged, man, that we're trying to run this race of life, this walk. We're trying, to, we're trying to do it. This walk is so long that we'll let one little bitty sin, we feel like we can't tell Jesus that he actually didn't really die on the cross for that. We, we, we just let that lie get in our head. Man, this walk is so long that we're letting one little tiny stumble define the rest of our lives, man. And there's time that Christians need to stand up and say, look, I know that you're struggling, but I've got a Jesus in my heart. That, man, I used to struggle with those things, but it's time to move on. We've actually got to get up and stop just letting the stumble define the rest of our lives. It's way, it's way too long. Don't let one little tiny stumble define it. It's a walk, man. It takes time. It takes effort. Jesus just doesn't want to, he doesn't just want your sprint. Then you get all gassed out and then you feel like, man, it's the church. Like, I, I got to leave. I, I can't be right. Like, he doesn't want the sprint, man. He wants to go on a walk. He wants to go on a walk. 
think that we need to point out that yes, you're going to mess up. Jesus is still going to love you. You are still welcome here. Because this is just a group of college students. That man, we are all broken. We are all sinful, man. But when we all come together and say, Jesus, we know that you are the answer. That's when we see those chains fall like we talked about. That's when we see it, man. It's don't feel like because you've messed up that you're not welcome here. You are welcome here because you look just like us. That we've all messed up. No matter how our weak, how perfect it seems, we've still messed up. And that God still forgives. Let's look at those desires of our heart. Here we go. If you need one little sentence, one little answer to this, what do you do with Jesus? You trust Him each and every day of your life. It's as simple as that. It's simple, it's simple to put up here on my computer and tell you guys, man, it's one of the hardest, most worth it things you will do with your life. Is it's each and every day I'm committing my life to Jesus. Each and every day. It's not just one, one time. It's not just on Thursday. It's something that I wake up each and every day, man. I'm excited because I know that it's no longer Chase's planner that defines my life. No, it's God intervening like only He can. Like only He can. Here we go. Where do you see yourself in 5, 10, 30 years? Where do you see yourself? I think the answer is really simple. The stress can be taken away. You can rest in peace tonight knowing where do you see yourself in 5 years? 10, 30 years? Still following and chasing after Jesus. Just trying to look more like Him each and every day of my life. It's as simple as that pursuit. Man, like you're going to mess up. You're gonna, you're, it's going to happen. We see Paul, dude, that when, when, when Paul actually followed Jesus, his life completely changed. He even says at one point, he says, the things that I used to love, I now hate. And the things that I used to hate, I now love. Man, I think that if we've actually encountered Jesus, our lives should look completely different. I heard it illustrated like this, last point. If I were to tell you guys that I walked out onto that road right out there and got hit by an 18-wheeler and y'all weren't at my funeral right now, you'd be like, he is a liar. There's no way he got hit by an 18-wheeler because he's standing up there on that stage. You'd be like, dude, Chase, you are full of it. No way. I think that we can look at it in a spiritual sense of once you come in contact with Jesus, people are going to notice a difference. The man, if we look the same when we met Jesus as we do right now, then man, there's some things in our life that we need to get rid of, that we need to turn away from and actually repent from them. So here it is. What do you do with, what do you do with Jesus? Trust Him each and every day of your life. I'm going to pray for us. And I don't know where you sit with God right now. I'm not going to ask you to stick up your hand. I want you to evaluate your life and what you've been doing with Jesus lately. Because I think the call is clear. I think when we're talking about, man, we want it so intimate and so close that, man, it's like the roommates that I literally live with. That's where I'm going to start, God, because you put me in that apartment for a reason. You put me in that dorm for a reason. So evaluate. Just sit back and say, God, where, where, do I, where, where are the desires in my heart? Because I can't do anything with you if I don't actually possess you. I pray that we possess Jesus, that he is through and through, that we have a connection with him. That is my prayer. If you don't know Jesus, man, this is one of the best, most hardest thing you'll ever do. Following Jesus, man, it's not super easy, man. It might actually be a little bit harder. 
but it's so much more worth it. So much more worth it because my five-year plan got thrown out a long time ago. But man, I am so thankful I get to sit in here with a group of college students and literally sit in a God miracle. That there are people that are driving from all over the place watching this online because they are so just, they're like, why are college students doing this? Like they actually love Jesus? That's not what I heard. You guys are sitting in a miracle right now and it's nothing that anyone has done. It's just God has just been blessing this ministry. So your seat is important. We're glad that you're here. But I hope it's not a word that I've said. It's not, a, it's not anything that they've sang, not an instrument that we've played. I pray that you have an experience with Jesus because that's where real life change happens. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.